Mini pod alert. Incoming transfer news from Aberdeen FC. This is not a drill. I repeat, this is not a drill. And welcome to episode 49 and one third of the ABZ Football Podcast. I'm Gary Scott. Joining me this evening, it's Graham Steele. Graham, how's it going? Other than being slightly confused by our episode numbering structure, it's all good. Hey, we need to keep ourselves in some headroom for no matter what else happens between now and next Wednesday. So I thought a third was a good good start. We've not had a third of an episode to date. Not yet, so not on my way. Let's of. go for that. Let's go with that one. Um, and I think, Graham, this is your mini debut, isn't it? I believe it is. Yeah, yes, I believe it is. So exciting times for all involved. Absolutely. So regular listeners, obviously, to the podcast will know that we break out these mini pods when something happens between our regular recording cycles. And the club have gone and done it again. Uh, we recorded this week's show, episode 49, on Sunday evening. The club announced the signings of new players on Monday and Tuesday. So if nothing else, we're almost performing some sort of like public service to the Aberdeen support here by just ensuring that the club are on their toes and making sure they actually get off their arse and sign some players. Always happy to help. Absolutely. Absolutely. So our second and third signings of the close season came. Firstly, uh, on Monday evening, when we were actually sitting recording an interview that'll go out in the near future hopefully with a former Don's midfielder god how I wish we were signing a guy like him again right about now but um, more on that later on but yeah just as we were wrapping up that interview the tweet notification came on the drone camera was zooming in at fast pace to the Richard Donald stand thankfully avoiding injuring our new signing in the form of Jaden Richardson who was joining the club from Nottingham Forest on a three-year deal for an undisclosed fee. And then that was swiftly followed on Tuesday afternoon with the news that Liam Scales had joined on a season-long loan from Celtic. And, well, heaven help the Don's Twitter admins notifications, I think, after that one. Uh, Yeah, rather them than me. Which one do you want to talk about first? Let's go for Jaden first. Let's do Jaden. Our second Jaden. Yeah, um... Mixed results with the first one. He had his moments. Smashing Keane and his teeth out at Hamden, mainly. Getting sent off from Maribor. Yes. Yeah, not his fault, that it was, is defence. Was... No, no, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, that wasn't his fault. It was going to be someone. <laughs> it might as well be one of us, to be fair. <laughs> um, let's talk about Jaden Richardson then. 21, a product of the Nottingham Forest Youth Academy. He's had phone spells at Exeter City in the 2019-2020 season. And then with Forest Green Rovers in the 2020-2021 season where he helped both of those sides make it to the League 2 playoffs. Indeed, he actually played for Exeter City in the League 2 final playoff uh, in 2020 that was held uh, at Wembley behind closed doors because of COVID. Uh, as I recall, Exeter got beat 4-0, I think, on the day by Northampton Town. He's racked up plenty of game time at, at both of those clubs. Came back to Nottingham Forest um, at the start of the season. It's just gone by. Made his debut for them in the League Cup against uh, Bradford City. Made a couple of sub-appearances in the Championship for Nottingham Forest as well. I think they were quite keen to actually get a look at him at close quarters um, before he then went to spend 
the second half of last season on loan at Notts County in the National League, where he made 25 appearances in total, helping Notts to the playoffs, where they lost out to Grimsby Town in the quarterfinals. And he also made his way into the National League team of the season or whatever the fuck it was. Um, highly rated by those who've watched him during his spells at Forest under 23s. We had quite a good email from um, a guy called Grant, who is a regular under 23 watcher and youth academy fanatic at Nottingham Forest. And we might go into a little bit more detail on that um, maybe later on. And also described by those other people who've watched him on loan at Exeter and with Forest Green and also with um, with, with Notts County. We'll have a chat with Lee Curtis later on about his spell at Notts County. That Jaden's a good fullback with a kind of modern profile, one with an explosive turn of pace. Certainly one who wants to play in the front foot, which is, I guess, what all your modern fullbacks are looking to do. Jim Goodwin described his latest acquisition last night as being a very young and exciting prospect, very quick, dynamic and attacking. So on the face of it, it kind of sounds like a straight replacement for Calvin Ramsey, I guess, to a certain extent, uh, who obviously departed for Liverpool at the weekend. Initial thoughts on Jaden Richardson, Graham? I'm not going to lie and say that I've heard of him and I'm aware of him as a player, but on the face of it, it's a, well, he's a decent age, so should he have potential and we can unlock that, you're going to get some cash for him because he's only 21, so you know, with a bit of luck having for a while. His loan spell is obviously a couple of divisions lower than you you might like, but, you know, Nottingham Forest, decent-sized club, competing at a decent level. I know they've been in the doldrums, relatively speaking, for a club of that stature um, in the past seasons, ignoring their recent promotion. So, you know, all of that looks good. Uh, highly rated. Every signing we've made highly rated. Absolutely. Um, so I st- and I think sometimes it is difficult to... There is no direct way of saying he's played at Team X in a league, therefore that equates to he's going to be good, bad or indifferent. He's here, he's, he's ours. The fact that we've given him a couple of years, or was it three years? Three-year deal, yeah. yeah. You know, I think we've said before, this is the first window probably where we can really judge what we're trying to achieve because everyone's in situ and has been for a period of time. So it's a position we obviously need to fill. Uh, like you said, Ramsey having departed for Liverpool, my only reservation might be he's relatively young. If he plays the way it's described here, reading between the lines, I'm going to assume he's not necessarily going to be the best defender. And given the rancid defensive uh, performances <laughs> from everyone across that back line, uh, signing a defender who may or may not be very good at defending is a bold call unless there's going to be some proper solid experience maybe in the central positions or, or ahead of him on the wing for example yeah. to make sure that he's got some cover if he does boost on so on the face of it I mean we need I mean we were so slow and lethargic pretty much across the pitch anytime we tried to build an attack so the the references to him being sort of pacey dynamic maybe quick to, to look to break mm-hmm. it kind of fits with what we thought we were going to get in terms of a footballing style so it seems to fit with you know what we've been led to believe in terms of the types of players. So I'm uh, looking forward to see him, uh, to see how it works out. I imagine it might take him a little bit of time because not only is he a relatively young man with a new club and a new league, he's more than likely going to have some new defensive, eh, you know, new players to Aberdeen around him as well. So it's probably yeah. going to be, I don't know how many people, six, seven maybe first team players. Well, new fingers crossed hopefully yeah oh well, yeah so. fingers crossed so I think it'll be tricky for him as it probably will be for them all to integrate but it's a position, it's a position that need filled it's been filled 
reasonably early. I know the League Cup game is the 10th of July, yeah. but it, you could sort of look past that and say, when does the season actually start? We're getting these guys in in enough yeah. time that they can get a pre-season and get to know their teammates. So I'm looking forward to see how, how it works out, to be honest. Uh, and obviously, if it does work out, we've got them for three years. That might mean he's just a, a mainstay in the first team for three years, and then he goes, but you've got three years out of him. If it turns out something decent, maybe we can cash in on him. I think there's some interesting stuff about Jaden Richardson because a lot of people instantly looked yesterday, I think, saw National League and were like, oh, like, got a bit turned off by that a little bit. And I can see where that happens. I thought, I think there's sometimes elements of like football snobbery kick in. And, you know, I think I tweeted it this afternoon. Look at this CV. This was a guy who turned up at our door a few seasons ago and his CV was appalling when you looked at it on the face of it. But came and did a great job. It was Michael Hector, you know, and, and that was at a level which was lower than where um, Jaden Richardson's been playing at. And what's been interesting from everyone I've spoken to about Richardson so far, um, I'm going to look through some of the details that Grant sent us on email, but it's also reflected in the chat with Lee that's coming up in a minute or two, that it seems a little bit unusual, his development with Forrest. He was basically promoted to their under-23 squad at the age of 16, so went straight to 23s, didn't really play any under-18 football after that, went straight up to that level, had the two years on loan out at Exeter and out at uh, Forest Green Rovers. Part of that was because Nottingham Forest was still a Category 2 academy at that point. Started last season, Nottingham Forest were promoted to being a Cat 1 academy. Nottingham Forest decided actually they wanted to take a closer in-house look at him, which is what they did. Played at League Cup. Interestingly, played League Cup at left wing-back for Forest, not at the right-hand side, which is interesting. But then Nottingham Forest and Knox County apparently have been developing a very, very close relationship in recent years on the youth development front. And it seemed as though there was a, a, a play made that, well, actually moving him to Knox County just across the water uh, in Nottingham, obviously, with a coach who they respected in uh, Ian Birchnell, was probably actually quite a good move for them. He could stay, train regularly with the under-23 squad and with Nottingham Forest first-team squad Monday to Friday, but could also still play with Knox County. They could keep tabs on him in a position that they were wanting him to play in as well. The general gut feel is that the loan was below level, um, but it was going to be something that they could use to really keep tabs on him, see how he went with a view of making a decision this year about what they wanted to do with him. Obviously, Forrest ended up getting promoted at the end of last season. It becomes very, very difficult at that point now for a guy like Richardson to make that breakthrough into the first team, having had limited opportunities at, at, at championship level. But the, the general gist seems to be that still young, still raw, but has all the kind of athletic attributes, if nothing else, to be a very, very dangerous player coming in from the right-hand side. What has been interesting is, again, and this this gets borne out in the, the chat we have with Lee later on as well, is that he does seem to favour playing as a right wing-back rather than as an out-and-out full-back. Um, so generally speaking, he's been playing in a three with a five in front of them. When I kind of pitch that to the guys, that well, I think the, the, the general view here is going to be we're going to play with a flat-back four. Is he thinking about 4 2 three, one or 4 three, three, if you take Jim Gooden at his word on this? Does he end up being potentially exposed there with balls over the top if he's not defensively attuned? Similar to what we saw with Ramsey, let's not pretend otherwise. And the kind of general gut feel there was a bit like, okay, well, that'll be interesting to see how that develops. I think most people are like, he could be coached, but it's not something that's necessarily his core strength at this moment in time. Yeah. Again, the reality is we don't have the money to go and buy the finished article. So we were never going to be able to afford to get... I mean, Ramsey wasn't a finished article. He's got a long... Not not be critical of him. He's got years of development yeah. ahead of him, and neither of us were actually sure if defensively that was really where he should be. Because if you're paying a little further forward, you get the 
benefits of his ability in the ball and you may be less exposed to his defensive frailties. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see how it works out. I mean, it's an interesting point around the, the academy piece. Obviously, loaning someone out to get experience, but at a level that is potentially beneath them, builds confidence, allows them to maybe try and express themselves a little bit more as a player, which really you want that. That's what you want. I know sometimes you don't really, and we've all got heart attacks if people are playing, you know, playing out from defence sometimes because the mentality here is just get rid. But get allowing him the opportunity to maybe play at a level that he's better than can breed some confidence. And in terms of, you know, players and loans, Connor Barron yeah. loaned out a few divisions below. I, for one, didn't, you know, I knew he was playing well, but it was difficult to read into, well, is he playing well because that's his level or is he playing well because actually he's quite handy. Now, based on the half season we had with him back at Aberdeen, he would appear to be quite handy. Therefore, he was just a good player in that league. The flip side, our old pal Longstaff or <laughs> James Wilson, you know, you look at their CV prior to arriving here and you know, oh, these guys are going to absolutely tear it up. We're going to be just lucky to enjoy them while they pass through. Uh, and it didn't work. So it's difficult to read into where he's played and everything like that. And then at the end of the day, like I said, the start is here now. So I'm excited to see how it plays. It, the only slight caveat being it's interesting that the way he's played or positionally how he's played versus how it looks like we might set up kind of gets my back up a little bit because it seems most season we get, we're signing players that are good or highly rated in that position and we just decide that yeah that's great but that's not where we're going to play the man year well that's dumb because he's done well for a few seasons in a particular role why would you not sign him for that role albeit we're speculating here we don't know how it's actually going to look or how quickly he'll adapt yeah exactly the encouraging thing for me though with Richardson is certainly he's got games under his belt like he's played I think I calculated earlier on today he's played 93 top team like first team appearances at a professional level now at the age of 21 that for me is always encouraging like at Exeter when he was there he basically played every week same at Forest Green Rovers and he basically was never present for Notts County as well once he moved there last season so it's not as though he's going out on loan but not really getting game time because he doesn't fit or he's not quite right for that club or whatever clubs are giving him opportunities and playing him and we've seen that ourselves way often enough where we take loan players from perceived big teams look at Teddy Jenks last season Teddy Jenks arrived at Aberdeen having made two substitute appearances for Brighton's first team. He's only made, he made 18 appearances for Aberdeen last season. At the age of 20, Teddy Jenks has made 20 top team appearances in his career so far. Jane Richardson's a year older, fair enough, but he's made 93. He's come up to 100 games already. Um, That in itself is a good sign. That shows to me at least that he's somebody that managers like, trust, has got something he can offer a team and he's at least played some football. Yeah, and this may not be a popular opinion but the the way the game is now and where Aberdeen find themselves in terms of a you know stature of club and ability to compete you're not going to be taking guys to the fringes of a Liverpool for, like we're not going to go and get a, a Ramsey from Liverpool type scenario where there's a guy that looks good and he's just about to maybe do something and then we can go and take him so if we can attract young decent talent from the championship and you know, he's already mentioned he's spoken to um, McKenna and I forget. Lowe, Max Lowe. Maybe Max Lowe. Yeah, Max Lowe. So, you know, they've they've presumably had a bit of an influence on his decision. If he can go and do well, guys around about his peer group are going to look at that 
and whether that's them going to their respective clubs and saying, like, I want to go on loan. Yeah. I've seen guys go in my position, do well in Scotland, Aberdeen, for example. I want to go there, or we can try and attract these guys through the opportunity to basically give them a pathway. Let's be honest, that's that's what they'll see it as. And if we can if we can realise that for them and get some cash in, that's kind of how how we have to operate. It's a little bit frustrating that, you know, back in the day, um, we wouldn't have been fishing in that pond because you could have competed at the top, but th- yeah. those days are gone now. So I think, yeah, it's optimistic and it's got the potential to, um, yeah, open up opportunities for for future signings, I, I would think, because people will be looking at at this. And then he's got, you know, I guess there'll be guys in that age group that we're not aware of, but are chatting to other people. And, you know, if you can improve the league a little bit as well, that doesn't do you now. Absolutely. So that's our uneducated thoughts about Jaden Richardson. Let's be honest, Graham, neither you nor I are watching the National League every week, are we? No, I, no, no is the short answer to that. For his sins, one man who certainly was watching Notts County every week is Derby Telegraph journalist Lee Curtis. To be fair, fair to him, it was part of his day job. But we decided we would get a proper lowdown on our new fullback. So I sat down with Lee earlier on today to get his thoughts on Jaden Richardson. Lee Curtis, welcome along to the ABZ Football Podcast. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. How's it going? Very well, thank you. Yourself? Thanks for having me on. Not at all, not at all. Listen, yeah, all good here. As we're just saying to you, um, in the midst of doing a lot of DIY, which is a lot of fun, but never mind. Um, so, Lee, you're currently the Derby County writer for the Derby Telegraph. Now, as much as there is to talk about all the goings-on at Derby County at the moment, that's not why you're here today. Um when the news broke on Monday evening that Aberdeen had signed Jaden Richardson from Nottingham Forest, your name came up to us as a, a recommendation from a number of different people to talk to because you spent last season watching Notts County in your previous role. Mm, that's right, yeah. Um, so I basically, I covered Notts for eight years and obviously last year, Notts went really close in, in terms of trying to get promotion out of the National League into the Football League. It was a third successive year in the, in the playoffs, but ultimately fell short again at the, at the final hurdle. But... Um, Obviously, the, the the squad that they put together was full of exciting young players, and and Jaden was one of those. Um, they they brought him in online from Nottingham Forest, um, and uh, yeah, he was excellent. He was a he was a key member of the squad. Um, and when I saw actually, when I saw the news that they'd signed him on a three year contract, I thought, actually thought it was a really good signing because he is um, a, a very very good player, very talented, very quick, very direct, um, and I think. That's a very, very shrewd investment by Aberdeen. Let's just look a bit more at him then. I mean, it came out last night, as you say, he signs for Aberdeen on a three-year deal. Um, it's an undisclosed fee at the moment, 21 years of age, a Nottingham boy. Just what can Aberdeen fans expect, do you think, from Jaden Richardson? Well, I think what you'll get is he's very much a modern-day fullback in that he is incredibly quick. Uh, he's very good on the overlap. Um, he's creative. Um and what I would say is, he's a proper athlete. You know, he will get up and down the pitch. Um, I really liked him. I, I, I always presumed that after he joined Exeter um, for a season, I think he helped them get the help them get promotion. That I, I was actually a bit surprised that that Knotts were able to get him in on loan because there were a lot of league clubs looking at uh, looking at him at the time. Um, but Knotts had developed this this relationship with, with Forest due to the fact that their under twenty threes were coming over to Medal Lane and they were doing some stuff behind closed doors and Andy Reid and Michael Doyle, who were obviously the 
Andy Reid was the under-23s coach at Forest and, and Michael Doyle was assistant and those two knew each other. So there was always like this collaboration of, of the two clubs and they would help each other out. And as, as part of that, obviously not got to have a look at, at some of their young players and and obviously pick Jaden out as somebody to fill that that right-back role. And, and, and to be fair, it, it was a bit of a problematic position for, for Knotts in terms of what they were were after and the way it suited the way that Ian Birchnell liked his teams to play because he played 3-5-2 um, and he wanted you know naturally fit athletic attacking wing-backs and Jaden certainly fitted that role perfectly, um, brought all the attributes that you would expect from somebody who had been cultivated at Forest's Academy, which, you know, as we all know, has, has produced a, a, a considerable crop of talent for many, many years. So I, I was I was surprised when Knotts actually got him. Uh, I thought it was a bit of a coup. And he went on to be a very, very good player for Knotts, very dependable. Um, and I think Aberdeen fans will love watching him. I think that's interesting because that was one of the questions I actually had about his career trajectory so far. Um, as you touched on, it's come through the, the Forest Youth Academy, went out on loan to Exeter City a couple of seasons ago in League Two, helped them get to the playoff finals, although I think they came up short in that playoff final itself. Then went to Forest Green, also of League Two for the 2020-21 season. Consistently played for both those teams. I think he had 47 appearances for Exeter, 36 for Forest Green, all in League Two. Had a few appearances at Championship and uh, Carabao Cup level for Forest last season before going out on loan to Notts County at the end of or for the second half of the season. And I think that was the bit for me was like, is that not a bit of a surprise to see him drop to National League level given he's had two successful loan spells at League Two? You'd be expecting him to probably go up the pyramid rather than yeah. down the way. But from what you said, it's maybe just one of these things that's kind of come out through that link up between County and Forest. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I, I, I'm always a little bit sceptical because obviously I when I first took over, not over in League One at the time, and then as as over the years, they sort of got relegated from League One, then League Two, and then obviously dropped out of the National League and uh, dropped to the National League in 2019. Um, and while the National League, I think, has still done a remarkable job of improving its reputation because it, it, it did have this sort of, uh, it carried with it this notion that it was full uh, a league that was full of kick and rush it merchants. You know, there wasn't, uh, it, it was almost like you felt that players traded on industry rather than skill and talent. Yeah. And, but actually in the last two years and, and last year in particular, the quality of football has actually improved immeasurably. And I, I think that's definitely down to results of the money that's flying about down there. I mean, some yeah. of the wages that are being paid are absolutely ridiculous and would put, I would say, a lot of League Two and probably some League One clubs to shame, um, particularly when you look at the likes of Wrexham, Stockport, Chesterfield and and even Notts, uh, even though they're in the National League, are, you know, I would say have always been historically decent Payers and and that proved to be the case. So, but I think what you you look for when players drop down into the national league, because you're going to stadiums like Kings Lane, and I'm not, I don't mean disrespect, I don't mean it disrespectfully, but places that are less than salubrious. So when you have players who are turning up to these stadiums, then you it, it doesn't become a matter of about their ability because we all know they've got the ability it's a matter of their mentality can they drag themselves up can they get themselves mentally prepared for going to places like Weymouth Dover Athletic on a Tuesday night when the grass is long you know have they got the ability and to be fair to Jaden 
he, he had that in abundance. You know, he, his consistency levels in terms of his performances was very, very good. So and that, that impressed me a great deal because I think we all knew and all saw his ability from the, the time he spent online at Forest Green Rovers and on, on obviously Exeter and the, and the performances he produced for Forest in the Carabao Cup. And that's easy when you go into nice stadiums. But, you know, the test of his mentality was whether he could do that in the National League and and and, and psych himself up for it. And he, and he did that remarkably well. And, um, yeah, I think that was one of the most impressive things about him was his mentality. He's a really good attitude um, and works incredibly hard on and off the ball. Um, and I, I, I do, I generally think that Aberdeen fans will, will really relish him. And I think at 21, with the attributes that he's got, he's only going to get better. I mean, he's a long mm. way from his peak years. Um, and I really do believe that, that you'll probably find that, you know, if he develops on the career path and the trajectory path that he's on at the moment, um, you've probably got yourself a very, very sound investment there, whether you keep him at Aberdeen for, for, lot, for the long term or eventually build him up and sell him on for a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of the model that the club are, are trying to go down now as well, Aberdeen, is to try and bring in a mix of players now through our recruitment strategy this season. But there's definitely an eye on bringing through young guys with potential sell-on capability going forward. And I wonder as well if that's part of the reason that we've also been able to attract a guy like Richardson, who is highly rated, I think, through the English youth setup. Um, because you look at what we've just done with like Calvin Ramsey, for example, mm. who came in through the Aberdeen Youth Academy, played one season of football, less than 40 games, and has been sold to Liverpool for, you know, four and a half million, potentially another three million on top of that. You know, it's a it's a good story we can tell now to young players that you'll get an opportunity to play and you might earn yourself a big, big move potentially at the end of it. A, a natural comparison for Aberdeen fans, and this is always going to be someone like Max Lowe, who Aberdeen had on loan from Derby County a few seasons ago. Um, he's also had a really successful spell at Nottingham Forest um, just now as a help and then back to the Premier League. Now, although Max is a left-back, are there any similarities in kind of playing style? I think Max was obviously a really attacking full-back as well. Yeah, Jaden is very, very much attacking. He's got very, very good feet. He's good, good in 1v1 situations, which, I, I mean, I, I'm not aware you'd be able to tell me better because I've not really watched much of Aberdeen, but what, I, what what's the sort of formation that they play? Well, this is actually what I was going to bring up as well because I think you touched on the fact that Knox County last season played a lot of 3 5 2. Um, yeah. So he was playing as a natural wing back. Aberdeen, historically, every time we try to play with a three is just horrendous. It, it yeah. never works. And <laughs> Not an easy formation to get right. No. Um, now, our manager, Jim Goodwin, he came in in January. He's been very much talking in pre season about the fact his preferred setup is going to be a 4 3 3 slash a 4 2 3 1. One of the two, which does mean I think we're looking at Richardson as being a more traditional fullback rather than mm. a wing back. And I think this is where, in the very brief research I've done over the course of the last, what was it, 12 hours since the transfer was mm. announced, is potentially where we maybe see a bit of a weak spot in Richardson's abilities. It seems to me that he's very, very good going forward, but a lot of the stuff I've seen from Knox County fans is that potentially there's still some issues on the defensive side of things. Yeah, I, I would go as far to say that the, the, the two things that I think he can improve on, um, and, you know, we have to remember he's only 21, so I, I think the, his final ball, his final ball in decision-making can be improved. Um, I mean, when he was at Knotts, I mean, they played Stockport away. I didn't actually cover that game, but he, I mean, he had two guilted chances in that in that match. Um you know, 1v1 situations with the goalkeeper. I mean, it's extraordinary that you'd find a wing-back in a 1v1, but that's how kind of knots played. But, um, yeah, and he's, he's some some of his crossing into the box, I would, I would say, is certainly his final ball 
can be improved. Um, and of course, his decision-making. And it's funny that you touch upon that because if you go back to the playoff game against Grimsby, which was the one where Notts lost in the um, quarter-final, it would have been, yeah, it was a, it was a quarter-final. Notts had taken the lead in that game. I mean, they didn't play particularly to their cap- full capabilities, but they were in the game. They were, they were, they were in it. Uh, well, didn't play their free-flowing best football, but managed to get in the lead for a Ruben Rodriguez penalty. And it looked odds on, that they, but they defended so well in that, in that game, and 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 Jaden was having a had a pretty good game in uh, on that occasion. But uh, when it went uh, to the 96th minute, and this is what I talk about decision making, um, he actually conceded a free kick, which led to the equaliser that took the game to extra time, and then mm-hmm. eventually Grimsby won, won the game two one, um, and that was it, not so, and it and it was a needless challenge. Um, that he committed, and I imagine he would have been kicking himself because it was literally the last, the virtually the last action of the entire game. Um, so I do feel there are elements of his game that he can improve. He's certainly got the athleticism and pace to keep up with anybody, but again, it's it's how you use that and and his positional sense, um, because. Like I say, most modern day fullbacks now are actually better going forward than they are defensively. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, what Aberdeen will have to do with him, uh, I work on those two facets of his games, smarten him up, tighten him up defensively, and try and encourage him to use his head a little bit more in certain situations and improve that final ball in, into the box because he gets into so many good positions. You know, he will get to the byline, and he's got the ability to beat people. But it's just that that final delivery, you know, and that can make all the difference. So, yeah. um, I I I think yeah, if you if you're looking at if you're asking me what are the elements of his game that he can prove, then certainly those two. Cool. I, I appreciate the time, Lee. I mean, the thing for me is a real positive with with Jaden as well is that he's he's only 21, as we just touched on earlier on. He's played a lot of the games though at top level um, football, like 93 first team games across the board which is always a good sign as far as I'm concerned when you see players who are willing to go out and get game time they're not happy just to sit in the 23s and just kind of keep plodding through and hoping for that breakthrough to the first team and and that doesn't seem to have been an issue for him this idea about going out on loan and going to clubs you'd perceive to be lesser than than Forest for example um, and you touched on it earlier on it seems like a good attitude and hopefully one that's going to roll the sleeves up and all that kind of good stuff when the going gets tough which in the Scottish Premier League it's absolutely going to do that from from time to time um, we can't all be playing you know the the big teams and, and having full houses all the time there are some pretty bleak um, <laughs> trips in the calendar and that's good to see that there's a mentality there I think that will respond to that yeah I mean like I said I mean the, I mean, the National League let's let's be honest I mean I, I know you say there's not many uh, stadiums in, in the Scottish Premier League that might take his fancy but I can guarantee you there are, there are plenty <laughs> that uh, in the National League that perhaps uh, yeah, would be far worse. Let's let's put let's put it that way. Um, but the, those, I mean, it's like anything. I was having this discussion the other week with with somebody because we we were t- talking about derby situation and you know players dropping down from the championship into League One and there's a marked difference from going to I don't know the City Ground or the Hawthorns or the Bramall Lane yeah. than there is going to Accrington, Stanley, Morecambe, and Fleetwood and. And it's those it's those games it's that it's, it's that mentality it's having that ability to to be able to go to a, go to a ground and not be bothered that the fact you're getting changing a porter cabin 
Yeah. And, you know, you're all next and you're, you're in like sardines. Because I think sometimes players get mentally beaten when they're on the coach and they just, because they're just thinking, oh, do you know what? It's Accrington standing away or it's Morecambe away. I just can't be, you know, I just can't be bothered with it today. You know, it's not, it's not, there's not going to be many people there. It's not going to be a great atmosphere. Um, so, but Jaden had none of those problems. You know, Jaden had none of those problems at all. He, he treated every game equally as important as if he was playing at you know, uh, the city ground one week and Kingsley in the next. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think, yeah, I think that tells you a lot about the players. But of course, he's had brilliant grounding at, at, at Nottingham Forest, and they've done a wonderful job of him in that respect. You know, Andy Reid's done a terrific job as the under 23s coach there. Um, and I think, yeah, you have to give uh, Jaden credit because, you know, you do see young players who, who, who drop down the levels, and like you say, are, are, are almost like happy just to coast, really, until they either get a chance in the first team or get, or, or get sold on. and or even worse, their, their careers don't really amount to much. But I think Jaden took it upon himself to go out and, and try different experiences um, at 21. He's played a lot of football league games. He's had a taste of football with Forrest in the first team. He would have trained with an immense amount of quality at the city ground. And I've got no absolutely no doubt about him whatsoever you know, transmitting that to the Scottish Premier League, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I, uh, there's a lot of Aberdeen fans last night kind of looking at the fact he was in the National League last season with a bit of concern and stuff. But for me, it's one of these, I'm always like, I think about guys like Michael Hector we had on loan a few seasons ago. Like Michael Hector's club list when he arrived at Aberdeen was horrendous from our like mm-hmm. More clubs than Jack Nicholas. Yeah, he was all over the place. And it was at levels which were way below even National League level, you know. Um, but Michael came in, was brilliant for six months. If we could have kept a hold of him, we'd have been laughing. Obviously then went back to Reading got his move to Chelsea eventually, was loaned out to Eintracht Frankfurt, went to Fulham, etc. So had a good career at the end of it. And a lot of he, when we spoke to him about that, he puts it down to the fact he went out and played those those games at lower levels because it helped him develop just as a as a player in terms of just, you know, learning the game at a different level, you know, where you're getting hoofed around the park by big physical mm. men who've who've been around the block a few times. So for me, I don't think this is necessarily negative about the fact he's been he's been in North County. Anyway, listen, um Lee, really appreciate you taking the time to speak to us on the ABZ Football Podcast this morning about Jaden Richardson. We will see how he goes this season. No problem. Thank you very much for having me. Perfect. Thanks again, Lee. Cheers. No worries. Take care. So Graham, that's the Jaden Richardson chat over with. Fingers crossed he's a bit more Rico and a little less stockly. Agreed. Absolutely. Tuesday afternoon. Now this one, again, kind of came out of the blue a little bit. It's been trailed for a little while, but the news broke that we'd finally got a deal over the line for Celtic centre-back Liam Scales. This one's been on the go for a few weeks now. The Irish centre-half arriving on a season-long loan from Celtic. But perhaps most critically here, with no option to buy, that has been the bit that's been getting publicised a lot in the media recently. This was allegedly one of the main sticking points when you're reading any press reports about this deal in the last couple of weeks. 23-year-old Scales signed for Celtic at the start of last season from Shamrock Rovers, where he was heavily in demand. It is fair to say that that's no, no one's making that up. He was certainly being sought after at that point after doing well for Shamrock previously. He signed a four-year deal at Parkhead last summer has found opportunities at Celtic Limited, making just 13 appearances in total for Celtic last season, where interestingly, he was actually, he played every game for Celtic last season at left-back. None of them were in that left-hand-sided centre-back area. His last appearance for Celtic was in Norway in their 2-0 defeat to Bodo Glimt in the Europa Conference League. Now, manager Jim Goodwin 
apparently is a long-term admirer of his countryman. He'd looked to bring him into St Mirren previously. Goodwin describing Scales today as being the left-sided centre-half. Very, very bold statement here by Goodwin on this uh, side of things. Stating that Scales is an aggressive, a mobile player, comfortable on the ball, a real modern-day centre-half. And interesting to note today as well, he's been given squad number four, perhaps a sign that he is here as an integral part of the starting lineup, especially when you note that Declan Gallagher has been bombed out to squad number 20 this week, which also frees up the number five jersey he held last season, perhaps a sign of another centre-half due to come in in the near future. Graham, your thoughts on, I guess, first of all, Liam Scales, the player, and then secondly, the deal itself. I, I don't really, so I do remember, I, I'm aware of him mainly because I do remember a couple of years ago when Celtic signed them, I wouldn't say it was, you know, by no means a marquee signing, but I think it is fair to say, like you mentioned earlier, that he there genuinely was some some interest and demand for him. And you look through his record when he played in Ireland, although he's not really played much for Celtic overall, when he comes to about 23 years old, he's got a decent number of games under his belt. So he's maybe lacking in the, the Scottish League experience because he's not played that often for Celtic, but obviously he's been in and around it. He's been watching games and he does have a decent amount of experience under his belt. So from that point of view, you know that that's all that's all okay. Um, we do need defenders, so it's a position that we we need. Uh, if he's going in there, then presumably Bates isn't playing, or we'll have a crack at his favoured side. Yeah. Either way, I'm happy. I'd probably rather see Bates get a crack at his favoured position, you know, or his more natural side rather, which you know presumably frees up McCrory to play in midfield, which I probably, that's where I would rather have him. I'm just not totally, I'm kind of conflicted here because when I was, when I saw this was announced and there's no reference to the potential to buy him, therefore you've got to assume it doesn't exist because otherwise we'd be banging that drum quite loudly. We'd have to be saying it to avoid what's happened this afternoon. Well, yeah. So I don't know. I'm slightly conflicted and because I was thinking back to, I really liked when we got Ryan Christie on loan, mm-hmm. I was ace. But then all it really did was leave us, you know, leave a void that we couldn't finance, you know, we couldn't use our finances to replace because you're not going to buy a player of his quality. Mm-hmm. And then all he did was break into the Celtic team and score against us in the cup final. Yeah. And then he went on to have, not that he hadn't had a decent career, but you know, he broke into the Celtic team, pushed on from there. And he may or may not have ended up where he is currently had he not had a spell in the shot window and get experience at Aberdeen. And more importantly, he missed the biggest game in his entire spell he had at Aberdeen. The biggest game in our calendar was the 2017 Scottish Cup final and he couldn't play in it. Yeah. So let's just pretend here that we, uh, well, obviously, presumably we're missing for the opening day for a start. So first game of the season, you can't play... Well, I assume Goodwin will want to be his eleven because I'm taking yeah. the view that we're going to get this guy in as a as a first teamer. Yeah, well, Goodwin basically said that today. So straight away, he can't play your team. Let's pretend he hits the ground running. Aberdeen hit the ground running. We're in decent form. You're then handicapped every 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 game. You need yeah. your best players playing at the best of their ability. That's not great, and potentially. You're just either blocking a path for a younger player mm-hmm. in our team. Um, I mean, I don't know, you know, what sort of obligations or expectations there are 
around how many games he will play. And then if he does well, you're probably not going to get him back because he's either going to go to the Celtic team or Celtic will cash in. Yeah, which is... And they'll cash in at a value that we can't afford, I would imagine. Because that's pretty much how it goes. And all we've done is help inflate the price for our team in our league who... I know, I they, don't, people... they don't need help no. selling players f- for money and they don't need help developing no. players. So I'm a little bit conflicted because the, the other side of that coin is theoretically as a Celtic player he is of a higher quality than we would be able to afford. So you get a better player for a year, theoretically. You remember Adam Montgomery last year, don't you? Well, yeah, I know this is where <laughs> I appreciate that that logic is totally flawed. It's theory. Because, well, yeah, again, if you take that view, the danger is you're just, well, paying a guy into December, January, yeah. if you can return him at that point. Um, and then we're all sitting here going, well, what was the point of that? So I don't know enough about him to say if he's good and he's going to fit into to um to the Aberdeen team I'm not yeah I, I don't think I'm overly pleased with basically developing Celtics players, yeah or anyone else in the league for that matter it's hard isn't it because I think like today the, the reaction this afternoon has been like quite extreme um and I think that people also need separate I don't think people are criticizing Liam Scales as a footballer because none of us know enough about him it's fair to say whether he's any good or not and at the end of the day, if he comes in and he pulls on the red shirt every game he plays for us, I want him to do well because if he does well, the chances are the team does well. So, of course, that bit goes hand in hand. It's more around the way the deals come around. You know, I think for me, I have this... It's a bit of a funny one in the sense that clearly Jim Goodwin has been a long-term admirer of this player for a long time. So, fair enough. Maybe he's always really wanted to get a chance to work with him and he's got an opportunity to do it now and he wants to do it. And if it means taking him on loan, then he's going to do that because he wants to work with him. And it, and it buys us perhaps time gives us 12 more months to try and find a left-sided centre-half who meets our criteria, whatever. Okay. But at the same time, it's when you then go... I know that people were getting all panicky about how close the season was getting to starting, but at the same time, we still have, what, five, six weeks until the opening day of the season at Celtic as a place where you'd really, really want to have at least your first choice 11 and by then. Are we really saying that we don't have an option anywhere else in Europe through our scouting network that we've put in place where we could perhaps come up with a player of similar quality to Scales, but that we could actually own outright rather than... I could almost understand Scales coming in lastminute.com if we couldn't find our first choices on a permanent deal. And this is where we got to. We went, okay, it's a sticking plaster to get us through to whenever, January or to next summer. To have done it this early in the window just makes me go, is it a bit panicky already from us? Or is it just that Goodwin really likes him and this is what he wants to do and you're kind of going to have to just back the manager's judgment here until we see what happens. Yeah, no, I, I was wondering that when we were chatting, actually. It's, again, not a reflection on him as such, but yeah, it does feel maybe a little early for loan signings from, from the same league, basically. Yeah. yeah, and also, I have no idea how the deal is structured, but say he does tear it up, and then, I don't know if Consultant take him back, you know, Liverpool taking back Danny Ward. That's exactly what I was just derailed saying. that season. Yeah, uh, I, you know, obviously other factors, but I think it, I think he his loss was definitely felt. Yeah. So let's say he does play well for for six months. He's playing week in week out when he's available in your first team, and then come January, you've got a you've got a gap that you need to yeah. plug, and you don't have anyone for that. And this is other issue. This is an issue with loans generally. This is not exclusive to loaning players from your own league, but. 
you're right. If he comes in, tears it up after six months. Who's to say either a you know Celtic don't have maybe have a an injury crisis at the back and they go. Well, you know what? Instead of actually signing a player in January, he's in really good form. We'll bring him back. We'll play him, and then that gets us to the summer. And then we see where we go from there. Or alternatively, he's doing so well that he generates interest from other clubs elsewhere in Scotland or Europe or whatever who come to Celtic and say, right, we want we want to sign this guy permanently. Here's a deal for you. And again, all we've done is now elevated his transfer value in the in the market potentially allowed Celtic to sell them on we're left then with a gap at centre half we need to fill but we've not been given any compensation with which you know normally you sell your own player you get your money and you can then go and spend your money here we don't have that option it's just it's, it's one of the massive that this isn't obviously exclusive to us loaning players from Celtic this could happen at any time we saw it with Danny Ward to an extent um, it, is a, it is a risk you take with the loan system and one you kind of hope we we have maybe been able to avoid, but I don't know how we, if we've been able to do that by saying they can't recall him. He's here for twelve months, and that's that. So obviously, there's a little bit of speculation on our part as to what you know how that deal may or may not be structured. But yeah, it's not unreasonable to assume that there's the potential that he will go, and they could work both ways because we yeah. might want to just get rid of him. Absolutely, at the halfway point, who knows how um, how it's going to play out? So yeah, overall, I'm a little bit conflicted and I don't really know if it fits with admittedly I think it was a quote attributed to Stephen Glass rather than a sort of a general strategy of the club that we wouldn't be signing players who would block the development of any of our young players so which raises a slightly different point in that that would suggest there are no young players ready to step up which I don't I can't think of anyone they're all too young as far as I'm aware, I don't think there are any left-sided centre-halves coming through the youth setup now who are ready to make the step to, to first team. And it's such a critical role in the team as well at the centre, of the, especially given how shaky we were last, last season. We'd have to have an absolute star in the making in the form of another Scott McKenna probably to even think about doing it, it's fair to say. Um, and, but maybe that is part of the reason. Maybe they've got their eye on those, those guys also like... Um, Mason Hancock there's guys like Evan Towler did well at Elgin City last season on loan he is a left-sided defender I mean maybe that is part of the reason we're going down a 12-month loan option is because we look at it and go Towler or Hancock might be ready in 12 months time they're just not quite there yet and that's what we're doing it's it's all speculation that you say on our part we don't really know it's just one of these that I think it's just not a great look is it it's just not I don't think so. I mean, again, this is not critical of the player. Mm. And like you know, like you said, for the bunch of doubt, hope he does well, and I'm sure he will give his all. There's, I'm, you know, there's no accusations here around. Oh, he'll not be bothered because he's a Celtic player, or he maybe as well, you know, he might be a Celtic fan or something like that. I just fundamentally, I don't think it's a great look for Aberdeen. Um, but I'm possibly stuck in the past a little bit when <laughs> Aberdeen weren't really sort of feeding at the edges I'd rather not be signing Celtic players on loan to develop them and move them on it's kind of where I am and I don't think that's an outrageously controversial statement no I, I think a lot of people can share that view because they're well you just make the rich get richer yeah uh, and that's sort of, already insurmountable in terms of the, the finances so potentially unlocking that value for them because he's yeah. obviously not in their team just doesn't really sit too well with me. I think as well the Christie thing's so cl- like so still fresh in the memory for a lot of people. Where he came in and yeah, we benefited to an extent because he came in and played well for us, and, and our performances and our results were good because he was here. But ultimately, 
at the at, if you boil it all the way down back to brass tacks, what did we actually get out of the Ryan Christie loan move? We we got nothing. We got him scoring against us in a cup final and developed a player for Celtic who went on to do really well for them and they sold for what three and a bit million um last year last season. You know, it's like we got very little back out of that deal, especially the fact he missed the 2017 Scottish Cup final as well. That that was the biggest sickener. Um, it's going to be an interesting one to see how this one can develop. So I, I, I would have thought there might have been a bit of lessons learned happened after the Adam Montgomery loan move and the reaction to that at the time, um, just in terms of perception amongst the support about things. Like I say, it could be that this is just something Goodwin wants to do. He really likes the player. If this was the only way to get him in the door, then... In his view, so be it. It's a risk worth taking. We might all be at the end of the season, you know, laughing about how well it's worked out for us. Might be, uh, absolutely. And then, I mean, who knows? There's supposedly money to come from McKenna. Yeah, you know, with getting promoted, we may or may not sell Lewis Ferguson. There might be, well, presumably there's going to be money left over from Calvin Ramsey because if there's any, if there's any truth in the the sort of media chat there's around about four million up front. I can't imagine we're going to spend four million in the transfer window. Then, you know, other add-ons, I guess where I'm going with this is there may be not be money in the bank come the turn of the year or next season and maybe you could compete yeah. in terms yeah. of an offer because you've had him for a year. If he's done really well and you want him, you might just decide, well, we know he's the real deal so we can get something. And who knows behind the scenes, maybe there's a sort of preliminary price that's been... Uh, Cool. You know, you, you don't know. Maybe they have. No maybe there is buy doesn't mean there's nothing behind the scenes or things won't move as the season progresses. Um, so, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. Decent age, reasonable yeah. experience, not played that much for Scotland, but is obviously going to have a bit of an idea of what the game's all about here. Um, it is a position that we do oh, need. We need it filled, absolutely. So on the assumption that he's going to fill that position... Uh, it, you know, it did need to be to be filled. So let's just see how this one works out. Controversial, giving him the number four, maybe. Yeah, I'm not yeah. a big thinger. I, I don't have big views about this, but you know, when you're like, I saw it today and I just thought, given who the last incumbent of the four was, given the way that all ended, given the reaction this is probably going to get, is that the best <laughs> shirt to give him? Like, there were other numbers that could have been selected. I wasn't. I'm not proposing we go full. Was it like Birmingham retired Jude Bellingham's number after about <laughs> 30 seconds of playing for the first team? I'm not proposing we go down that route, but there was a smarter choice. I think it puts pressure on scales straight off the bat. And it's like, it's what we spoke about earlier on. None of this is his fault. Um, at the end of the day, so he must he must want to be here. He, he couldn't have been forced to move to Aberdeen without wanting to do it. So, you know, um, fingers crossed it works out for him. He needs to sort that haircut out though. Fucking terrible stuff. For those of you who don't know Gary and obviously can't see him because this is a, a podcast, there's a little bit of ironing there. Yeah, well, you might have saw me on STV News last night and I must admit that my haircut wasn't looking the sharpest there, but never mind. Anyway, Graham, I think that's about time to wrap up a mini. That's a good That's a good 40 minutes. That's that's solid. Yeah, but I don't know if I've like undershot this by half an hour or so. 20 minutes or so, I think. It means Gav can have a quiet night tomorrow night. All good. Oh, I don't know if I'm up for that. Well, we keep going. Uh, no, nah, let's leave it there. Great stuff. So thanks for joining us on this mini pod of the ABZ Football Podcast. Please remember to like, subscribe, follow or whatever on your podcast player of choice. We'll see you again shortly on either another mini pod. Come on, you dons, you know you fucking want to. Or in episode 50, out next week, stand free.